What's cracking, everybody? Happy Friday, 22621. It's 11:19. I'm out here in the dorm, Far Par, Urbana, Illinois. Uh, let's get right into the market action. But first, got to do this uh, little disclaimer action. So, you know, just skip probably like 15, 20 seconds in. I'm going to get to it right now. All right. So, I'm a student. I love the markets. These are my views. I know nothing. I would never, I'm not recommending or selling investments. These are all just like my thoughts. And I'm just telling you about what I'm doing in the marketplaces and what I'm thinking about doing, not telling you to do anything. Do your homework before you invest. All investments are subject to risk, you know, potential loss, potential profit. Do your research. Don't listen to me. I don't recommend anything. I just like stocks a lot. All right, so I want to get into the action. And, you know, one thing I didn't really talk, focus too much on yesterday was the seven year, the treasury auction yesterday. Um, but basically, that's what this podcast is going to be pretty much diving into. I'm going to tell you what I think is going on behind the scenes that people aren't talking about. But so got to do this market recap first. You know, basically all the major indexes opened up like flat, up about 20 bips or so. But the market just, you know, sold off in the, at the open. You know, the yields started going up again. And, you know, obviously, we know the market hates that. And so, like, from, like, the first hour, gave back, like, we are down, like, I think at the worst. Well, the Dow on the low hit 30,000, 30,900. And so, you know, that's a pretty significant fall, you know, from the open at 31,400. Uh, anyway, it's like a 500-point decline. But... So we did that, and then basically, TL yield started coming back down, and the market started. Everyone started buying. Very, very good sign. But you know, I I wasn't really following the action too much today. I checked it at like two thirty, and it looked like you know the S and P was in the green, Dow was down a bit, Nasdaq was up, and then all of a sudden I checked after we closed, and we gave back about like we sold off like by three hundred points into the close on the Dow. So that was some crazy action, you know, something's happening here into the close. And, you know, as I was like checking all my other stuff, TMF, sorry, TLT, which is the 20 year treasury bond, just freaking was booming in the last hour. So that made me think something's definitely going on behind the scenes. And I'll talk about that a lot on this podcast. But let's just do the, you know, basic, basic market overview, market recap of what happened. We finished down 1.5% on the Dow down 50 bips on the S&P 500. Uh, let's see what else. Gold, another terrible day for gold, just down 3.71%. I contribute that to the strong dollar today. I believe the dollar is up 75 bips. And, you know, I know I was telling everyone the dollar, is, the dollar crash is imminent. It's coming. You know, it's still coming. I still stand by that. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be following that. But that's the reason why gold is down. You know, the VIX, the volatility index, the fear gauge, was down 3.25%. However, I do want to note that in the last hour, the past fi- <laughs> the last 10 minutes, it went from about $26 and you close at 27.95. So almost so almost $2, $2 gain. So that's some that's just some crazy numbers right there. Uh the banks were down 2% today and you know I contribute that to the rise in uh the long the sorry. The the the, the long term yields went down today, and so you know high higher yields are good for banks, uh, bank stocks typically, and so that's why you saw them go down two percent today. Uh, the XLK technology sector uh, up fifty three bips. TLT the beast. You know, I said watch out for her tomorrow. Like she might she might pop off if like the Fed the Fed decides to do some yield control. 
They didn't announce anything. Didn't say they were going to do any yield control. But DLT was up 3%. So that's an interesting thing to note. Uh, energy, the XLE, down 2.37%. Tesla, down 99 bips, so pretty much 1%. And, you know, all like Tesla, this name, like most of these stocks, like they sold off at like 10 o'clock, faded the rally, some nice price action. We were green, it got like the last 10 minutes of trading, and then everything just sold off. And so selling off into Friday, and on the Dow, we closed right at the 50-day moving average. So, you know, next week could be uh, – pretty pretty interesting you know, i got a lot of there's a lot of news coming up next week you know I'll, I'll get into that when i wrap up this show but there next week is being a crazy week for the markets um mj down 1.27 percent corn down 26 bips soybeans down 26 bips wheat down uh 2.5 percent and so you know corn soybeans you know pretty flat on the day nice price action there gap down big and you know we just rallied but you know we got hit hard 2.8 percent so i mean i didn't even notice that i wasn't going in and buying them but you know if they get hit hard on monday might have to free up some cash and buy into these names uh you know i love to average down i buy get them for a bargain you know especially you know when we're on all-time highs you know these things are going to be breaking out beans in the teens you know inflation's here and you know these things have just are, are like it pretty much like the past five years you know it's when we hit all-time lows here in march and you know i, I see i i don't know why we wouldn't go to all-time highs especially with the crazy inflation that's coming um, SLV, you know, silver, price of silver is down 2.91%, price of gold down 2.42%, um, PAVE, which is the infrastructure ETF, down 82 bips, and yeah, you know, it was not that good of a day in the markets, uh, Riot Blockchain down 4.23%, MicroStrategy, I'm just, I don't know, I just talked about it the other day, so I just wanted to report on it. They were actually up 2.57%. Congratulations, Michael Saylor. Um, J.O., down 1.23%. And, you know, it's funny to note, this morning I was texting my buddy, and I was like, dude, J.O.'s beasting. You know, she's the only one holding the green, and, you know, she couldn't hold it. You know, she she opened up, and she was trying to stay, stay positive, but she just couldn't, so we finished down 1.23. No big deal there. You know, just keep buying the dips. Um, you know, GameStop, AMC, I actually was not paying attention to Wall Street bets today that much, not really paying attention to the price action, but, uh, the GameStop, we opened up at a 117.46 and the, we hit the high, like right at the open, went up to 142.90 and hit a low around one o'clock, 86 bucks, but we finished up, we finished, well, we didn't finish up, we finished down 6%, sorry, but we're still at $101. So like, I mean, it's pretty crazy. We went from forty to a hundred this week. Um, you know, is ne- next week like what's in the details for next week? I couldn't tell you. I ha- I got a hawk Wall Street bets this weekend. You know, maybe I'll throw out a podcast on Sunday. You know, what I'm looking for this week. You know, I'll, I'll do a little DD on GameStop. But uh, yeah, I'm not really. I don't really care that much about it at the, at the moment today because you know there just wasn't too much action. So not nothing much to report on. I mean, yeah. That's that's GameStop and AMC. You know AMC down three percent. After hours are up two percent. But one thing I want to tell you guys about AMC, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you know it's just what I've been reading on uh, Wall Street bets is apparently that all these hedge funds have like they bought something. If we finish if we close above eight percent, no, sorry, eight dollars on Friday, 
that like that all these hedge funds are just gonna get screwed and you know i i doubt that's true but you know i just thought it was interesting to know and we finished it close to 8.01 so maybe you'll see some action amc uh, tomorrow like i'm not telling anyone to go chase it because you know the hedge funds are gonna get screwed or anything i just think it's interesting to note because that's what all these dudes on reddit say and you know clearly like they must know something if you know they sent gamestop from like i forget what the price was like it was worthless and then they sent it to like 400 so some crazy stuff going on there emerging markets another down day just getting destroyed out here i don't think enough people are talking about that um the fact that emerging markets are just getting destroyed you know maybe signaling something else in the broader market i've been watching cnbc bloomberg but i haven't really heard much about it so just you know something interesting to note I do love my emerging markets, though. You know, they're going to outperform the U.S. equities for the next 10 years, so no problem buying in here. Um, what else? LQD, HYG. So LQD is the long-term uh, corporate bond, investment-grade corporate bond ETF, and it was up 1.33% today. And, you know, that was a little odd to think about. Uh, well, not really, considering TMF's crazy, uh, TLT, I should say, TLT's crazy rise. So, you know, the bond yields were going down, so the prices had to be going up. So it makes sense why LQD's up. Like, I completely understand that, like, whatever, you know, the Fed's probably going in there buying long end of the curve. Um, but that would make me think that HYG should be up, you know, high yield corporate um, bonds, you know, junk bonds, but they were not. They were actually down 30 bips. So that's just another sign for me that the market's broken. You know, when, when yields start going down, like all the yields were down today, I'm pretty sure, like every single one from the one month to the 30 years on the U.S. Treasury bonds, like every single one was down, but HYG was down 30 bips. And you know, I have this theory that there's just no demand for HYG, like these junk bonds, like everyone knows that there's just crazy risk with these junk bonds. Um, and you know, if you look at like the whole, like one year price, there hasn't really been like a lot of movement in here. And I remember last year, the fed was saying that they actually are going to buy corporate, but like junk bond ETFs. So it's like the fed, the only person that's in HYG, probably not, but I just think it's something interesting to notice that it had no movement today. It finished down 30 bips when LQD was up. It actually was a good day for bonds. Um, so just another interesting thing to note, NASDAQ, we finished up 56 bips, Russell 2000 up four bips. Um, so yeah, you know, relatively quiet day, not too much action equities besides the last 10 minutes we sold off. But you know, one thing I wanted to spend like the most of the podcast talking about is this, uh, seven year treasury auction yesterday. I didn't spend time talking about it, but, uh, you know, I was talking about how there's some crazy action going on in the bond market, and I gave my whole thesis for why the dollar was going to crash and we're screwed and all this stuff. But, you know, so yesterday, I'll give you a little bit of background. You know, the Treasury auction for the seven years, there was a massive problem. So they sold $62 billion seven-year notes yesterday to 1.195% yield. And, you know... The indirect bidder took the smallest share since like 2013. So like we're hitting like record record numbers on these bonds. Okay, bid to cover ratio is the lowest ever on record, and 
So there's a huge, like, wide bid-ask spread. And, you know, like, what does that show you? Like, what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that there's a huge problem with liquidity. You know, there's a lot of, there's no one that, no one wants to buy it, but no one, and, like, no, so no one's touching it. And so, like, it makes, a, it widens the spread between the bid and the ask. And so, like, why, like, what does that have to do with liquidity? Well, if, like, interest rates keep rising, bonds look less attractive, so these prices are in a fall. So that means there's no demand. You know, the price are falling. There's no demand. So there's, therefore, these companies are not going to be able to get liquidity. No one wants to buy their, their 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 debt, like buy a bond from them and give them money so they can surface it as debt. Then they're not going to be able to get liquidity into their company. And so how are they going to continue to operate? You know, that's a big, big structural problem here. You know, Mohammed Alarian said, we came very close to a market accident with liquidity risk on treasuries. What happened last year in March? There was no bid for TLT, the 20-year treasury bonds. Okay, then the Fed had to come in and do QE. And, you know, they do OMO, open market operations, to lower the short end of the curve, right? And they use QE for the long end. You know, QE, they go in and they buy long, long-dated treasury bonds, uh, like 20-year, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year. Okay, that's how they control the long end of the curve. The short end, they control it by buying short-term bonds okay so that's how they can manipulate the interest rates so yeah there's huge liquidity risk in treasuries and we saw that yesterday with just no bid on the seven-year treasury uh, auction and so that makes me think why can't this happen again like why won't this happen next week or the week after you know that, that that's a pretty significant issue and I don't know how it like, got attention on Bloomberg. I don't know how much attention it got on CNBC. I'm sure it did. I, I really hope so. They'd be doing a huge disservice to not report on that. But basically, as I've been saying, the bond market is broken. You could see that when there was just no, there was no bid. In March of last year, there was no bid. What happened? The bonds just got destroyed. And then equity just got destroyed. And the Fed had to step in and ultimately decide to go on to QE Infinity. So if you see more like this, more events like this, you know, you're going to see a flash crash March 2020 style. And what does that mean? It means the Fed is going to have to do more QE. And one thing I want to say is I think what happened today is the Fed did do QE. Um, and, you know, one thing I want to note on before I get into this huge mega conspiracy. Well, it's not actually a conspiracy. It's just my thoughts. Um, I'm not trying to push any agenda or anything. I'm just telling you how I see it. You know, something doesn't add up to me. But uh, the Fed's losing uh, control of both ends of the curve. You know, the front end, you see, like, all these reserves going into cash, uh, reserves in cash, like, going into the market to buy these short-term bonds. And so, basically, it's pushing the short end of the curve down. And everyone is dumping these bond yields on the long end. And so they basically the yields on the long end are just rising rapidly. Um, you know, that's why you saw these massive rise from about like, we were like 1% on the 10 year to like about one, we've topped out at 1.6 and we were at 1.5 yesterday and we're at like 1.4 right now. So just some crazy action going on. So today, today, I think that the Fed straight up went into the market and bought a bunch of long-term treasuries because you know, there's no announcement from them or anything, but TLT was up 3%. You know, I have the, I have the treasury market rates for like the week and I have the real rates and then I have just the tra- uh, basic daily yield, uh, yield curve. And so I'm going to start off with Monday. So Monday on the one month, we were at uh, point spot 0.03. 
and then on for like the five year we were at point point six one seven year one flat ten year one point three seven uh and thirty two point one nine then I'm gonna go to yesterday like we closed yesterday because you know that was just when the yields were going crazy so the one month we're at point oh four so that's up one bip. And then you go to like the long end of the curve. I'm just going to go to 10. You go to 10, we're at 1.54. So we went from 1.37 to 1.54. Then on the 30 year, we went from 2.19 to 2.33. So you can see the Fed is just losing control. Uh, People are dumping treasury bills. Like they're just losing control of the long end, pricing in inflation. I believe they're pricing in inflation. You know, people say they're pricing in growth. That's just not true. With the, in my opinion, the way you see these prices in uh, commodities such as oil just rising, it was sixty three dollars a barrel the other day, just absolutely bonkers. And you're gonna tell me that there's no inflation? No, we're, we have inflation. Um, so then we're gonna go to today, the big, the big, big change in yields, especially in the long end. Long end yield curve control, like, uh, sorry. Long end yields going down and going down this much as they did today, you know, that, that someone, some, someone's acting, okay, and that's the Fed. They're doing QE. To control the long end, they got to do QE. It's their only choice. And, you know, yields go down and bond prices uh, go up. And, you know, if they're going to go buy bonds, the, price, the, the, the yields are going to go down. I can't speak like always. But uh, anyway, so we went, so from yesterday, we went from, 0.04 to 0.04 on the one month, you know, not too much action here on the short end because, you know, they didn't announce like a, they're going to lower rates or anything. But uh, on the 10 year, we went from 1.2, oh, sorry, 1.54 to 1.44. On the 20 year, we went from 2.25 to 2.08. On the 30 year, we went from 2.33 to 2.17. So these are significant declines in the long end of the curve, okay? Um, for for not these are not real rates you know real rates are negative i'll get into the real rates too just just for just just because i can you know we went from yesterday and the real rates from because you know real rates right now are actually negative like people don't really understand but we have negative real rates and so the negative real rates on the uh five-year bonds were minus point one uh one five three we started the week off at minus point seven four so you can see that these uh real rates were rising like crazy um, you know, that's pretty much, that's nearly a 20, 20 bit, uh, increase from Monday to Thursday. And then we went from minus 1.53 to minus 1.64. Then you go to like the, out to the 20 year and we were at minus 0.18 start the week. Then we went to minus 0.03 on Thursday and we're back at minus 0.18 today. So we went from point minus 0.03 to minus 0.08 what dropped those cur- who's going in and buying all these treasuries i don't know i don't know who, who could who could possibly be doing that i don't know jerome powell and his gang at the fed yes like he said specifically he said we have a full he kept saying this at the hearings we have a full range of tools to help the economy if it needs it. Blah, blah 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 okay 30 years we started the week off at 0.06 then we went to 0.22 on thursday we finish off the week at 0.06. These are all real yields, okay? So something's going on. Someone's going in and buying the long end of the term, the curve, okay? I'm going to tell you right now that, you know, the Fed, Powell speaks next Thursday. You know, you got a bunch of Fed governors speaking on uh, Monday. Someone's going to come out and say, 
yes, we bought a bunch more in uh, long-term treasuries. Like we bought X amount in on the 10-year, 20-year, and 30-year, okay? They're going to say Burn announced like $800 billion in asset, in, uh, asset port purchases, expand the balance sheet, okay? They're going to come out and say something like that because I guarantee you there's no person out here in the U.S. or in any market that's rushing in to go buy these long-term treasuries. It is only the Fed because they went in and they saw this massive, massive liquidity issue just like they saw in March. And what did they do in March? They saved us with QE. And well, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to debate whether it's a good thing that they're gonna go in and use QE. I'm just here to tell you the facts, and that's how I see it. Um, so they're gonna come out with some announcement, and they're gonna just tell us we're doing QE again. Um, blah blah blah. We started doing it last week, and you know I'm surprised that they're not announcing it right now. But you know they de- they had to do it. Someone went in there, and so I think it's the Fed and Jay Powell. And if it's not, then I mean I'm just stupid. and I know nothing about the markets. But I mean this is the data. The data doesn't add up um, for me to think that it's just a bunch of dudes going in and buying treasuries. No, that's some that's some freaking yield control. And, you know, Monday, Monday will be the test where, like, if they keep dropping, then I'll know for sure it's the Fed. You know, if they rise a bunch on Monday, it, 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 could, it, could, be the Fed, it could be the Fed still, because, and the people are just don't like it. They, they know that the Fed's going in there and buying bonds because there's no demand for it, and then everyone just dumps it. That's a scenario, too. But, uh... Yeah, you'll, I, I guarantee you you'll see some announcement next week that the Fed uh, is extending QE. And they won't say when they started it. I mean, they could they could just announce it on Monday, and then so people won't really realize it was them on Friday. But, you know, they, they were here they were here manipulating the market today. That's why you saw TLT up 3%. That's why TMF, my baby, leveraged TLT up 10%. And, you know, the market's just trying to figure out what to do with this you know i think if the, if they do announce like that they did more qe and they're going to do more qe you'll see a rally and it'll just be off to the races again until the fed starts slowly tapering and the market just collapses uh goes down to its knees because there's going to be a there's eventually a day down the line where the fed is going to have to raise rates and that is a day i do not want to be long but uh except in gold so or silver or corn or soybeans, or wheat, or oil. Now, a few few tech names here and there. You know, my my long term core holdings. But uh, yeah, you now I'm just like it's all about it's all about the the inflation trade, baby. And so one thing I also wanted to bring up. You know, I haven't really been talking about this, but this is just a uh, just like one of my things that I'm kind of looking at. And you know, first I remember last year I was in uh, my uh, data data analytics class. And, like, I would just sit here with next to, like, Elu, Matt Hergy, my boys over at SLU. And uh, we, it'd either be me and Ethan, like, watching the markets or it'd be watching some games, throwing some money down on the money line. You know, stupid stuff. But uh, I remember I was, like, looking at, like, the interest rates. I'm like, dude, Ethan, like, these yield curves are inverted, bro. Like, this is some messed up stuff. And then I'm like, huh. I read, like, a housing bubble. Like, I don't know why I thought that. And I just started, like, looking at, like, data. I'm like... You know, the price of houses are rising like crazy and like they keep doing it um and i'm like we're way higher than we used to be in 2008 and like there hasn't really been a lot of growth like remember like powell like lowered rates in august you know we were still i think we're in a recession bro why are the rates going up so much like why are the housing prices going up so much and he was like i don't know bro and like a, a couple weeks later the market just collapsed so I want to take some time to say, are we in a housing bubble? I don't know, but I sure think we are. So I'm going to tell you why I think so. 
Um, you know, since 2012, U.S. housing prices have been rising much faster than inflation. You know, Powell Powell has been saying we're in a deflationary spiral. Then how are housing prices rising so fast? Like every year, why are they going up so much if there's no inflation? I don't know, man. And uh, they've been rising rising way faster than wages, and um, that. That is something that's concerning me because that happened also in the housing bubble. And so I just wanted to bring up some numbers to you know back up like what I'm th- what I'm saying and why I think this. So according to Freddie Mac, uh, the uh, the housing index uh, is up twelve percent from last year, and it's up thirty four percent from its peak in two thousand eight. So you know we've came a long way. You know really has there been a lot of growth since two thousand eight? Yeah, there's probably been some growth. But do I think that this we've just been in a massive bubble ever since then because they started QE in 2008? 100%. 100%. The day we started QE, we're never going to get off QE. It was just going to decouple and ruin our financial system. My opinion. Because, you know, if the Fed wasn't backing in, standing, standing there, we wouldn't have all these companies that continue to operate as zombies, not producing a profit, just being able to barely survive each and every month and i will get to that in a second but i'm gonna get back into this data and so if you look at year over year growth in wages you saw 3.95 percent year over year growth in wages from january 2019 to uh sorry january 2020 to 2021 i keep forgetting we're in 2021 so my bad there but from 2020 to 2021 we saw 3.9 percent 95 percent growth in wages and a 12 percent increase in housing prices you would think that if housing prices are going up 12%, then wages should be falling with that, you know, to make up for it. So clearly, there's some structural problems there. And, you know, I just want to compare this to, like, May of 2006, you know, it was the peak of the housing bubble. But you, and argue, you can argue about that, but I just decided to pick this month. You know, that's when I saw, I'm calling it the peak of the housing bubble. So you saw a year, 7.87% year-over-year change in housing prices and a 5.3% change in wages. You know, not as wide as it is now. But you and what happened in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, massive financial crisis. Okay, everything came to its knees, and so these are just like little indicators, little things that I'm seeing, little cracks in the market that it's a little too good to be true. There's no reason to go be buying all Bitcoin at fifty six thousand dollars, you know, Tesla at these prices. In my opinion, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just telling you how I see it, and so it all seems a little fake, a little fugazi to me. So. That I just want to report on that because I think like that you're going to see housing prices continue to skyrocket if the Fed does QE and there's going to be a day of reckoning and a uh, lot of people are going to be hurting. And so, yeah, so I was talking about debt, uh, uh, zombie companies and I was watching Bloomberg and they literally were reporting on zombie companies. And I was just like, whoa, that is insane. I've been saying this and they're actually having it on the news. So. Basically, 2020, you have the highest uh, level of zombie companies ever. Um, yeah, the zombie firms are sitting on an unprecedented of two trillion in obligations. You know, 2008, we were a little over 1.5 trillion, and you know, ever since, over the years, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you see this massive rise in the amount of zombie companies in 2020. And I think it's truly 100% because of the Fed. Because they're giving, buying all these companies corporate bonds, okay? They're buying corporate bonds. And so all these companies are just accumulating all this debt. So, so they continue to operate and the Fed is going to fund it. So 
that's a really concerning sign. And it's and it basically zombie companies is they're not they're not gonna, they're not contributing economic pr- productivity because if they're operating not for a profit just to survive, then where's the growth? You know, you get the point. So, yeah, a little. You know, not trying to get dark there, but, you know, I'm just calling it how I see it. You know, I'm telling you, I'm not, like, looking for these bad numbers. It's just, like, I can't help but not find them. And so that kind of ties in with the ending quote for the week. Um, Ray Dalio said this, While the lessons and warnings of history are clear, if one looks for them, most people don't look for them because most people learn from their experiences in a single lifetime is way too short to give them those lessons and warnings that they need. So... You know, if you understand history, you know, it's like not too hard to predict what's going to happen. You know, if you're looking at 2008 and you're comparing it to here, you're like, oh, it's a little similar. You look at this in 2008 and the tech bubble, huh, a little similar. This 2008, the 70s, huh, okay. This 2008 and like 1929, a little similar. And, you know, when Ray's saying that, you know, you come, it came out with the bubble warning the other day. So, you know, Ray Ray's just trying to trying to signal stuff to people. And you know, you want to listen to him, listen to him. You know, by, and you don't you want to listen to me, listen to me. But uh I'm just, you know, trying to get the facts out how I see it. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening for me listening with me. And so, I mean, I gave my trades of the week on Monday, but I deleted the podcast. But pretty much I was saying buy gold, buy TLT and um I think I said buy Joe as well. So basically, if you bought uh, GDX on Monday, the one-week chart, you know, yeah, you lost money. You probably, yeah, you're down a good percent. Just buy the dip. I mean, yeah, I, that trade is bad probably. Well, like, I mean, yeah, the trade of the week, yeah, not the best trade of the week. But then again, if you look at the market on the week, you know, market got hammered too. So whatever there. If you bought Joe, I recommended Joe and uh J-O was actually up on the week, so that's a win there. I also recommended TLT because I was anticipating the Fed to do some yield control like they did today, or I think they did today. And so if you bought TLT on the week, you would be down. You know, on the week, we opened up at 143.54, but we closed at 143.12. On the low, we were at like 138, I believe. So just a crazy week. Obviously, the Fed's going in and manipulating the markets. You know, I mean, I I, I was like, the other day I was contemplating dumping my TLT because I know my treasury, why would I want to own that? But uh, I was just waiting for Powell to come in to save the day, and it looks like he did that today. So... You know, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, this week's going to be crazy for the Fed. Uh, Monday, we got some Fed speakers talking. You also get the ISM manufacturing number. So that'll be something interesting to watch for. You see a decline in that, which you probably won't. People will um, sound the alarm bells, but I expect you to see a pretty high reading on that. Well, actually, I don't really know what I'm talking about, so don't listen to me. Um, so Tuesday, you'll see the Royal Bank of Australia's rate decision. I hear that they're actually going to lower rates and they're going to start doing some more QE. So we'll be watching out for that. You'll hear the Fed, uh, you'll hear Bullard talk, the president of St. Louis. Bullard's a G. Um, you'll hear Fed, another Fed dude speak and the Fed's going to drop the beige book. Beige book comes out and basically the beige book it's the Fed's publication about the economic uh, conditions across the federal, 12 Federal Reserve districts. So basically, it's uh, they're just giving an update. You know, Fed Bank of Chicago, St. Louis, San Francisco, 
uh, all these different places. They're just going to give their daily, their, I think it comes out every two months, I believe, but you can double check. But basically just a, uh, an update of what's going on around each of the regional banks. So you can get a idea of what's happening in the regional economies of the U.S. So it'll be something to look out for, something to interest, uh, interest me for, I'll be reading that and I'll be reporting it on this podcast. And Thursday, who speaks? Who speaks? I cannot wait. Uh, Jay Powell, baby. Jay Powell's speaking, and he's going to drop some... Uh, he's going to say a lot of things. You know, people are going to be bombarding him with questions, rising yields and inflation here, what's in the news for the economy, maybe even asking about the Treasury auction the other day. He's going to say what he always says. We're here, and we're going to support the economy. We're going to do this, this, and that. And, you know, we got to be more diverse and inclusive and blah, blah, blah. A lot of yada yada, aka I'm printing more money. Let's freaking go pump this bubble up. I hope he doesn't say that though. If if he if Jerome Powell, like just straight up says that, if he says that we're getting a rate hike, uh, yeah. If he's if he rate hikes this week, like I I, I would just go bonkers. Like I would I would take I would de- like dedicate a whole podcast episode to like how Jerome Powell is the best man on the planet. Um, and then Friday we got the payroll report, so it'll be interesting to see if you know wages are rising, stagnating, or what. So lots of interesting things happened this week. You know the rates went crazy, rise to bu- rose a bunch, and then you know today someone had to say enough's enough and control the yields, as I was predicting. But uh, you know we don't know for sure if it was the Fed or what. So I'm just speculating, but you know I think I'll I'll I'll. I'll First prime suspect for me is the Fed. But, uh, you know, terrible week for equities. You know, good if you had some volatility. If you had gold, you're getting burned. If you had Bitcoin also, though, you're getting burned. Like, Bitcoin's down, like, 15% for on the week, I'm pretty sure. You know, today, I'll just give you the spot uh, where Bitcoin's trading. It's at 47K. So, yeah, you know, no news there. <sighs> Shout out to my friend Colin. And myself, I guess. You know, I own Cardano, aka ADA, at $0.33. Cents. I sold it at one fifteen, and it's at one thirty six all-time highs. So congrats, Colin. Good for you, man. You own that stuff. I know you love it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Cardano, I actually think it's like a, a crypto that has a lot of potential. But I'm not here to talk about crypto. Stay, stay away. I'm not recommending anyone going in to buy it. Then again, I'm not recommending anything here. I don't know sh- anything about anything i'm just having a good time love the markets have a great weekend guys stay safe healthy and uh yeah we'll be here on monday uh with another market update thank you for listening